Lord, thank you that we can rest in that. You are God, we are not. You are in control, we are not. Uh, You have a plan even when we don't. Lord, we thank you that you are the sovereign Lord, God Almighty over everything. We thank you for giving us life, for starting this all off in the first place. Thank you, Lord, for um, letting us be alive in this moment. Lord, we thank you for sustaining us. And then we, even, we thank you for calling us up higher, Lord God, into something greater than ourselves, bigger than ourselves, Lord God, uh, something more diverse and interesting and varied and wonderful and beautiful than ourselves, Lord God. We thank you for doing that in our lives. We ask that you continue to call us up, help us to follow you into this fullness of life that you are offering us. Amen. All right, go ahead and take a seat. Okay, thank you for the mixer. Let's see what we've got here. Uh, We are different people, right? There's differences among us. Let's see some of these differences. I see Scotland here. Someone has some Scottish background. Um, Ethnic differences, church background differences, different shoes. Um, We've got a couple I can't read. All right, we've got an Aussie, we've got someone from England, Uh, we've got accents, different accents. Um, Yeah, you're right, Wolfgang, I can't read a lot of those, but hey, uh, we got some guy here who speaks Vietnamese, uh, a gal who speaks Quechuan. Uh, We have a very tall guy, true. Uh, Ola probably wins that. I don't know, Wayne's pretty tall also, the other Wayne. Uh, We got someone who speaks and is Yoruban. we got some dude with a little bit of Italian background. All right, ethical, no, ethnic, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Different language differences. All right, Kyle's never had surgery. Right on, keep it going, man. I like it. Yes, somebody hiked JMT 211 miles. What's JMT? Oh, yeah, yep, see, I haven't done that. Different. Uh, somebody's got a Halloween birthday. Um, we've got... Lines with multi-generations going back. We got a bald guy. All right. (laughs) We got a hockey player. And uh, some from Indiana. He's got three motorcycles. Uh, We got some guy with a tattoo. Um, And I don't think it's of Ohio, but maybe from Ohio also. I'm not sure. All right. We got uh, someone from Cali. Um, We've got twin from Cali who's been to China. All right. Uh, We've got twins. Hey, I didn't know that. Oh, have twins, of course, Lily. Yes, I know that, yes. Uh, Somebody's got a motor scooter, someone's got a four-wheeler. All right, good. Broken bones, somebody broke a collarbone. I got that too, we're not that different, okay. Uh, Five have been to Europe, two have not. All right, somebody with a, had a brain injury. Uh, We got a singer, we got somebody with braces. Uh, We've got someone with breathing difficulties. We've got uh, youngest of four girls and uh, the oldest man in the groups. All right. Um, we got different stuff, different careers. We have different languages. Um, everybody's watching the Super Bowl. That's not different. <laughs> we got an engineer. We got a teacher. We got a non-engineer. We've got Romania, Korea, Alabama, Missouri, Columbia, glasses wearers, non-glasses wearers, mask wearers, non-mask wearers, right? Vaccinated, unvaccinated. You know, we just got a mix of people here. Um, yeah, good, right? Did you know that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, 
these are kind of surface level stuff, uh, some of it, you know, and then there's like this whole other layer of personality differences, right? Preferences. Uh, somebody did mention they like Italian food. Yeah, but, you know, like just things that they're drawn to, things that they're repelled by, um, different prejudices, different uh, affinities. What else? Anything else am I missing? Lots of differences. We're different. All right, why, why are we talking about our differences, Wayne? Don't differences separate us? Come on, we got to be united. Why, why focus on differences? Well, it's interesting because as I was going through Luke, I read through Luke again, and as you read through the good news message about Jesus, what he did, what he said, um, the, the thing that he is bringing into the world, we see that there are many different kinds of people that are brought together to Jesus, are drawn to Jesus, and uh, Luke seems to intentionally highlight this because it stood out to him and because God wants us to see it as well. So let's look at some of this variety uh, we see in Luke. I'm just going to do like a flyover of Luke, all right? First round, uh, we've got events around Jesus' birth, all right? We've got Zechariah and Elizabeth. A priestly couple, descendants of Aaron, solid, godly, working hard to keep God's commands, older and childless. Uh, but then God moves on them, and they have John the Baptist, all right? So there's that group. And then the next group is Mary, just a very young woman from a podunk town called Nazareth, kind of a nobody, uh, engaged to a carpenter named Joseph, and turns out she's going to be uh, the mother of Jesus. Big deal there, right? All right. So then we have uh, around Jesus' birth, God brings and draws together some shepherds to Jesus. All right. So just some unnamed shepherds. And then we have some wise men. And I'm cheating a little bit because this is actually not in Luke. But we have some wise men coming all the way from maybe Babylonia, the Parthian Empire, to come see Jesus because they see the signs. They're drawn there and they follow and they come and they worship this baby Jesus, King of the Jews. It's amazing. All right, different kinds of people God bringing together. Then when Jesus was a couple months old, Joseph and Mary, they brought their child to the temple, which is what you're supposed to do, about 40 days out, about three months old, uh, two months old, and they bring him to the temple to dedicate him to the Lord. And they're there, and this guy, Simeon, who uh, is moved by the Holy Spirit, recognizes that this couple is holding in their arms the Savior of the world. God reveals it to this guy. He goes up to them and praises uh, the Lord and praises God for what he's going to do through this child. And then not long after, Anna, a prophet, uh, prophetess who's there. She lived day and night at the temple. She fasted. She prayed. She'd been a, she was 84 years old. She was a widow for like 60 years. And uh, God stirred her. She recognized that this couple was holding the Redeemer of the world. God bringing together all kinds of different people, different kinds of people, different personalities, different ages, different appearances, different preferences. When Jesus was about 30 years old, he began his public ministry. He started to go out and proclaim the good news about the kingdom and demonstrate that it was present in and through him by healing people, all kinds of people, people of different kinds of sicknesses, 
people with different needs, people who are demonized, people who are not demonized. Um, we see this repeated crowds of people. Any crowd of people that you see, man, think about the Super Bowl stadium today filled with all these different people. You're going to have a lot of differences right there, right? So different crowds of people came to hear Jesus, to be healed. Uh, some fishermen were the first disciples of Jesus, the first ones he called. We got fishermen. We got a man with leprosy who called out to him uh, in another town and was healed. Last week we saw, anybody remember? Who did we talk about last week? What? Levi, yeah, tax collector, right? And what does he do as soon as he gets invited to come follow Jesus? Throws a party. Who's he invite? Everybody. Tax collectors, sinners, anybody. Anybody will come. He's, he's celebrating this. Uh, so we got tax collectors and sinners. We see that repeated. Tax collectors and sinners, sinners. And then Jesus also ate with Pharisees. They invited him over to his house, and he went. All right, so different kinds of people. Uh, there were, uh, every Saturday, Jesus went to the synagogue. And so you go to the synagogue, which is like our church, and you were brought to Jesus and came to Jesus. He resurrected the only son of a widow who had died. In the crowds of people, there are different kinds of people. People with rocky soils, thorny soil hearts, good soil hearts. Jesus' family members came to him. Mother, brother, sister, people coming to Jesus. Another demonized guy living way out in the tombs, Gentile region of the Gerasenes. God went out to him. Jesus went out to him far out. And this guy came to him and asked to be helped. A synagogue leader named Jairus, whose daughter was near death. A Roman centurion heard about Jesus and sent some elders uh, to the Jews to, to have Jesus come and heal his servant. Uh, Highborn, high lowborn, noble, nobodies, small town people, big city people, different kinds of people. An unnamed woman suffering from bleeding. Busy Martha, devoted Mary. Some Samaritans came, they rejected Jesus, other Samaritans received him. People early in the morning, in the afternoon, late at night, people by the lake, by the fields, by the towns, countryside, synagogues, Jerusalem, the temple, people brought their babies and children to him. And they wanted to come and be blessed by Jesus. The poor, the rich, a, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, a short, wealthy dude named Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector, different kind going to Jesus. Different kinds of people brought together by his death and resurrection. Jewish temple guards arrested him, bound him. Roman soldiers mocked him, beat him, crucified him. A Jewish high priest and their, the leaders condemned Jesus. And then the Roman governor handed him over to be crucified. Along the way to Golgotha, a man from northern Africa helped carry Jesus' cross. Jesus died alongside two criminals, one of whom at the last moment, the last gaps, turned to Jesus, realized who he was being crucified next to, and said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, you will be with me today in the paradise of God. Jesus saving guys at the last minute here. He was buried by two members of the Sanhedrin and their servants. Then on the third day, Sunday, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, mother of James, and some other women with them were the first to discover Jesus' tomb was empty. And John records that Mary Magdalene was the first to see the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Many different kinds of people, men, women, young, old, 
those far from God, those close to God, those with their lives together, those with their lives are a mess, all these different kinds of people coming together by one powerful magnet named Jesus. It's amazing. It's amazing. Let's zoom in on this. We're going to just stay on this theme. Different kinds of people coming together in Jesus. Let's look at some of these different people at close up. We're going to first look at Luke chapter 6, verse 12. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Now this part's in your bulletin. When morning came, he, Jesus, called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles, kind of officially sent guys, his ambassadors, his envoys. He called his disciples to him, chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles, Simon, whom he named Peter, the rock, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, another James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who's called a zealot, the zealot. Uh, wonder why he adds that detail. That's interesting, weird. Uh, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. All right. What do you observe about these 12 people? Different, yeah. What'd you say? Different names? Yeah, a few of them have double names, right? Like, come on, get a little more creative here, but yeah. All men. Twelve Jewish men. Like, Wayne, I thought this was about being different here. Twelve Jewish men. All right, all are Jewish men. That's your first fill-in. But beyond mere appearances, yeah, it's true. You dig a little deeper, beyond those mere appearances, there's differences. Not just different names, different backgrounds. Uh, a zealot was one of these guys who's like, we're going to arm up and we're going to throw off these Romans. And you know what they think about tax collectors who were benefiting from this Roman oppression? Guys like Matthew, Levi. But God brings these two guys together into his 12. We've got Judas, son of James. We don't really know much about him, but we also have a Judas... Iscariot, who becomes a betrayer, a traitor. So there's some difference there. Quick judgment, yeah, 12 Jewish guys. But then some differences. Um, different backgrounds, different experiences, different personalities. We'll see that play out. And uh, all right, now what's the significance of 12? Uh, yeah, 12 tribes of Israel. What's Jesus doing here? Twelve tribes of Israel. Okay, so let's back up a sec. So uh, the Jews come from Abraham, right? Abraham, one guy who, getting old, didn't have any children, God made a promise to him, an outlandish promise. Through you, Abraham, and your offspring, one of your offspring is going to come on who's going to bless all people, all families, all over the world. It's going to happen through you. And Abraham's thinking, I don't have any kids. But okay, I, something about this makes me want to believe. Okay, I'm going to try to believe. I'm going to do what I fall. I, I, I'm going to believe enough to follow this voice, this encounter that I've had with God. And he goes. And then finally, God blesses Abraham and Sarah with a guy named Isaac. Isaac has Jacob. God changes Jacob's name to Israel. Israel has 12 sons who become the 12 tribes of Israel. And then they multiply in Egypt. And then there's millions of 
of Jews. And the promise, at least initially, is fulfilled. You have all these offspring, all these descendants from one childless guy named Abraham. All right, so this happens. And then what happens next? What happened to the 12 tribes? What's that? Split, yeah. Yeah, they, they came together as a kingdom, and then the northern kingdom, 10 tribes, they ended up being pulled into exile, scattered. So you got only really two tribes left. Benjamin gets um, absorbed by Judah. And so you have Judah from that word is where we get the word Jewish. Yeah. So all of a sudden, all the Jews are concentrated into this one stump. One little tribe is left. And out of this stump, God is going to spring up the most diverse family, multi-ethnic family, covers the globe that anyone's ever seen. And God's going to do it through this offspring of Abraham named Jesus. All right, so this is, we don't have, we have the benefit of hindsight looking back, but we do see these early traces, even within these 12 Jewish men, of some differences, some variation. All right, now, there's more variety in store than we could see at first glance, um, but let's, let's keep looking at some more of this variety, just at the early stages of this new humanity that God's going to spring up from this stump of, that's called Judah, the stump of Israel, the stump of Abraham. Let's go to Luke 8 now. After this, Jesus traveled about from town and village, one to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. So he's going around, he's getting this news out. The 12 were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. All right, all kinds of people. Mary called Magdalene, she was from Magdala, from whom seven demons had come out. Wouldn't you like that next to your title? Hey, yeah, I'm the one. You know, seven demons came out of me. Can you believe it? Wow. All right, I think it highlights Jesus' greatness. Um, okay, and just her, she was blessed. Uh, Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household. Herod was a big deal. He was like the, the under king under the Roman emperor. Susanna and many others, these women were helping to support them out of their own means. What is unusual about this group of people? They're women. And they're following, they're, they're, they're part of this group of disciples of Jesus. No other rabbis had women in their group of disciples. This was a men's only club. This is unusual. This is unique. Luke highlights it for us. It stood out to him. God's telling us something, right? God's doing something new. This new, new humanity, this new people that God's bringing together out of this stump of Abraham is going to be rich and varied, and some of these old barriers are going to come down. Uh, this inclusion of women, it just gathers steam as we go through the New Testament. Uh, we see it's, it's remarkable at the end of Romans, a letter that Paul wrote to the Roman believers. Uh, he lists 29 people, commends them, greets them. Ten of them are women. And you may be like, well, why not half? Dude, that is huge. First century culture. It is Stunning, it's remarkable. Roman culture, Jewish culture, the man is the man, right? Something's changing. Something has come into the system. The kingdom of heaven has broken in, and it's more interesting. It's going to be more diverse. It's going to be more broad than um, what it's been. 
Okay, different kinds of people coming together in Jesus. Luke 6, 617, he came down with them and stood at a level place with a great crowd of disciples, there another crowd, of his disciples now, people who have attached themselves to Jesus, who, who believe enough to start following him, and a great multitude of people from all Judea, so that's, that's the region of, uh, around Jerusalem, and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, so drawn to Jesus. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowds sought to touch him. They're trying to get close to Jesus. For power came out of him and healed them all. Different kinds of people. Why are Tyre and Sidon mentioned here? What's that? Sinful? They're sinful Gentiles. They're those dirty dog Gentiles, right? So there's Jews who, can, who trace their descendants, uh, descendancy to Abraham, and then there's everybody else. Even at these early stages, Jesus is showing that this is not just for the Jews, that God, like he promised in the prophets, is going to gather all nations in. Like he promised to Abraham, through you and your offspring, all nations, all families of the earth are going to be blessed. God's about to blow this thing up bigger. It's going to get way more interesting, a little bit more messy, a lot more messy, but greater, more varied, all united together in Jesus. So we see this beginning. We see a beginning of a new people, no longer separated ethnically, no longer separated uh, male, female, no longer separated by self-interest or you know, you know, your, your political agenda, uh, no longer separated um, by... The, the separators are not as powerful as the joiner, the joining power. Uh, a, a picture I got of this is like Jesus is like a watering hole in the desert. All right, we were just talking about the dry season in Nigeria. But just picture a dry, dry place, a watering hole, and what comes to that watering hole? All kinds of different animals, including people. Right? Driven together by what? what? Their thirst. Their thirst, right? Their need. Think of all the different needs that people come to Jesus to be satisfied. The need for truth. The need for wisdom. The need for forgiveness. The need for grace. The need for a new start the need for meaning, the, the need for a narrow path that will lead to life, a need for not just physical life, but spiritual life, a need for God, the need that we are created for. All kinds of people coming together, different needs, different people, because Jesus seems to be this wellspring of life, healing people, empowering people, um, speaking good news to people, remaking people. Next, Phil, and Jesus is bringing together a wide range of people for sure, for sure. We're seeing it as we follow through Luke. Um, and then, again, this is just the beginning, just the beginning that we see in Luke. If you look at John 12, 32... 
Jesus said this with his disciples. He's preparing them for his death and resurrection. He says, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. What people? Like, like all people, okay? Lifted up, it, it, in the context we see it's at least his death on the cross. He's raised up on that cross, but beyond that resurrection, exaltation. All right, how many people? How many people? What's he talking about? All people. How many people today? All right, let's fast forward 2,000 years. Let's see what's happened. Let's look at this. So there are 2.4 billion people who identify, self-identify as Christians, at least attach themselves to the name of Christ. I don't know where their heart is. We don't know how many of these are like genuine. Let's just go with the big number here, all right? At least people want to identify with Jesus, and that's a start, okay? 2.4, that's 31% of the world population. That's a lot of people. Then look at this map. All right, let me, let me point out Israel, Judah to you right there. That's where this stuff is happening. Look how this thing is blown out. So the darker the blue, the more concentrated the number of Christians. The lighter the blue, the less number. And then there's some gray patches where those gray patches are predominantly Muslim, where it's really difficult to become a Christian. You know, ask any Iranian who's come here, hear their story, it is difficult to become a Christian there. Converting is illegal. You get arrested, you know, you know the story. All right, so uh, you got that. You got India uh, over there, predominantly Hindu. I think 90-something percent Hindu. It's like 2% Christian, which is actually like 28 million people. So, but still, that's, that's a small percentage. Uh, and there, if you're, you're Christian, it, it's hard to be a Christian. It's hard. They don't like people converting to Christianity. So there's some obstacles, but man, look at this spread. It's astonishing, right? It's going out to the ends of the earth. Jesus, after his death and resurrection, is bringing all people together into something new, into a new humanity joined around him. Now, you, you, you get into the layers of this now. You've got a lot of different denominations. You've got different styles of worship different theological debates and so forth. But man, this is astonishing. All right, so let's get the picture here. What, what is Jesus doing? Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the, priest, the Prince of Shalom, of wholeness, is bringing together what is broken and separated by sin. His humanity, his treasure. He's bringing us together, making us new together, joining us in him, in God. It's beautiful. I love it. It's interesting. It's astonishing. It's, it's hard sometimes too, right? Because we're so different. All right. God is doing this. God is bringing together people who have turned to Jesus, put their trust in him, specifically put their trust in the work that he has done for you and me on the cross to take that sin thing out of the way so that we can be reconciled to God, so that we can be united to God, so we can become. And here's a description of us now. The, the, all who are together now in Jesus. There's a great one in Galatians 3.26. 
So Galatians, is, this is a letter written to Gentile believers. The, this church is about a year old. It's in this province of Galatia. It's a Roman province. And Paul, this guy who is a Pharisee, Hebrew of Hebrews, he's writing to them. Um, he says this, so in Christ Jesus, in Christ, this is the key. How are we united? In Christ the King Jesus, you, you and me, brothers and sisters of Christ, you are all children of God. That's a new status. That's a new identity. That's a new, new thing we are. All children of God through faith. Again, we put our trust in what Jesus has done for us. For all of you who were baptized into Christ, immersed into Christ, um, in his life now, we have clothed ourselves with Christ. We're immersed into him and we're clothed with him. With him. So now in this, this new group of people, this new humanity, there is neither Jew nor, Jew nor Gentile. That, that old barrier that separated Jew and Gentile, smashed down, gone. He's broken that barrier. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free. This kind of economic, uh, social standing thing, gone. We're leveled. We're all the same place. Neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. This, this hierarchy this, that used to be uh, oppressive and um, abusive, it's gone. So it's, it's now we are one in Christ. You are all one in Christ. We are all in Christ because we all equally needed Christ. Male, female, slave, free, Jew, Gentile, we all needed him, and we've all put our trust in him. We are all one in Christ. Now, if you belong to Christ, then, he says something astonishing here, then you are Abraham's offspring. We're the fulfillment of that promise way back, 2100 BC, 4100 years ago. You kidding me? Look at what God's doing. You are all offspring. Remember that map. All people all over the world attaching themselves to Christ. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring and heirs, heirs, inheritors, according to the promise that he made to Abraham way back. Stunning. We, next fill in, we who are very different are now one in Christ Jesus. One. I forget this. It's easy to forget. I get caught up in differences. You know, because differences create what? Conflicts, irritations. It, we rub each other wrong, right? These differences. Why can't we all just think the same way, like the same thing, want the same thing? Nah. The problem with that would be totally boring, but it, it's challenging. But we are one in Christ. Now, what, what else? Now, let's just compare this to other things in the world. What else unites such a varied amount of different people together? What's that? Fear? Oh, wow. Man. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Right. Fear. Fear. Yes, especially, you know, a traumatic event. You know, Turkey and Syria, this horrible earthquake. Fear, tragedy, hardship can unite people. I'm just going to go with that on it. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Hope? Yeah, on the other flip side, some kind of hope. And that's one of the major things that Jesus offers, right? Hope, anticipation of what is to come. The new heavens and new earth. This body that, you know, some of us, Kyle, have had surgeries and 
kind of banged up a little bit, you know, we'll get a new body. This isn't the end. The short life is not it. So we have hope. What else unites us? Trust. Trust in, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, we put our faith in him. We put our trust in him. We put our confidence in him. Yeah. Besides Jesus stuff. Oh, is there something going on today? <laughs> Got an Eagles jersey over there. Yeah, nothing. The Super Bowl. All right, yes. You guys got all deep on me, man. I'm, I'm on this level. Like, All right, so what's the most popular sport in the world? Yeah. Football. Football, yes. Uh, what's number two? Any guess? Fencing? Yeah. Baseball, tennis. Tennis is number five. According to this list, huh? Basketball is number two. Yeah, I don't. I didn't get into the methodology here, so you know. Number three, anybody from India or cricket? Oh my gosh, it's huge, and it's so boring. Wow. <laughs> my preference. <laughs> Sorry, I know Nigeria's big into cricket too. All right, uh, number four is golf. Uh, American football is number. 12. Badminton rounds up the list at number 20. Badminton, anybody? Badminton. All right. Uh, the, the biggest sports brand in the world that draws together the most number of people from all, all over the world. Oh, I'm sorry. I said sports brand. Team. Sports team. Different. Real Madrid. Who said it? Yes. Right, do you like Real Madrid? Yeah. Yeah. They're... they're Okay, not everybody does, but we're brothers in Christ. <laughs> Which is much deeper than our differences, right? That's the key here. So these, these other things that unify us, at least temporarily, at least on the surface, but man, try to live together, try to be a family together, which is what God is doing in us, calling us to love each other, sacrifice for each other, that kind of oneness, whole nother level, man. There, there better be something powerful at the center of that, a watering hole that we all need, some sort of super powerful magnet, right? And that's what we have in Jesus. Listen to this. Ephesians 4, 4 reminds us of what we have and what we are in Christ. Ephesians 4, there's one body, one spirit that joins us. Just as you were called to one hope, there's that hope thing, when you were called one Lord, that we're all following, one king, right? One faith, one, one trust that we share. We put our trust in Jesus. One baptism that's marked our commitment to him. One God and Father. We have the same Father. One God and Father who is over all and through all and in all. Wow. That's the oneness that God is inviting people all over the world, all different backgrounds, different language tribes, into together. Now we are, if you're in Christ, you are united together by Jesus, in Jesus. That's the next fill-in. So we are. This is, this is, we just are. I may not know you, but we are brothers and sisters in Christ if you have put your trust in him. But there's more. I alluded to it. Next fill-in. We actively grow together in unity by doing something. All right, so passively we're united to Christ, because if you're united to God, you, you're united to one another. We're brothers and sisters of Christ, just who we are. Um, but we actively grow 
together in unity by doing some things. Listen to John 13. John 13, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He's speaking to you and me, those who are in Jesus. He's saying, a new command I give you. I'm doing a new thing. You need to have a new command. Love one another. Love each other. How? As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, by that love that you're actively growing in, everyone will know, people will see and know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We will reflect, display something of God when we who are very different, not just here within OTC, but all over the world, brothers and sisters in Christ, when we love each other, we will display something beautiful about God. Maybe his Trinitarian nature, he is at his core relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's not just a lone thing. So how do we do this? This is the call. This is the opportunity. Not just tolerate each other. Not just, yeah, that's a nice fact. There's 2.4 billion of us. Cool. No. How do we actively grow together in unity? How do we enjoy each other? Because beyond those differences that sometimes rub us wrong, there's a beauty to take hold of and enjoy and grow from. Number one, by choosing to love each other as Christ loves us. Choosing to love. That's not a feeling. That's not, that comes and goes. That is an active choice. That is a doing. Choosing to love each other. Not just once. I did that, you know, three years ago. No, ongoing. Choosing to love each other as Christ loves you. All right. So let's do this. Let's get that more specific. Let's ask God to help us identify the who. Who is Jesus calling you to actively choose to love? Brother and sister, we're focusing in on the family of God here. Okay. Who is he calling? Maybe it's a Christian at work. Maybe it's that Christian neighbor who kind of, maybe it's somebody, you know, three rows over here. Don't tell me who. But who, who is the who? Let's allow the Holy Spirit to bring that to mind. Um, I'm going to pray for that. But then the other part, and I'm going to pray for this as well, is how is he calling you to love that person? What specific aspect of love is he calling you to grow in? And we have a great list from 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 about how to love like Jesus loves you. All right, so let me pray for us. Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, we ask you to, you know, those people who are in you, who are your sons and daughters, who we just kind of don't like or don't want to be with or don't, you know, they, ah, they're hard, Lord. They're different. Who is that group, Lord God? Bring them to mind. Who is that person, Lord God? Bring them to mind. Thank you, Jesus. We know you want us to love that person, love that group of people the way you love us. So Lord, we ask you to highlight for us as I read through this list how you're calling us to love that person or that group better. Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy. Does not boast. It's not proud. Does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It always protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres. 
Yes, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Show us, Lord. We want to love like you've loved us, Lord. All right, I would just love does. Okay, so that's how we actively grow in unity together. Next one, I'm going to go fast on this one. Stop judging by mere appearances. Who of you is quick to judge? We all do. Our brains are quick judgy, you know, judging machines. Da, 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 da. Yep, you're there. You're in that group. It's just what we do. Jesus wants us to slow down, look beyond mere appearances, and judge the way he judges. See the way he sees. Stop judging by mere appearances. Uh, not just the ones you're naturally drawn to. Um, just, yeah. For me, honestly, it's churchy Christians who use churchy lingo, and I just kind of, eh. And Jesus is like, stop judging by mere appearances. There's more there. It's true. All right. Now this last one, because we don't have the resources in and of ourselves to love one another like Jesus loves us. That's like a tall order. Jesus laid down his life for people who didn't care about him. He, he, he laid his life down for those who were crucifying him. All right, so that's a high. Okay, so the last one is just a prayer. Come, Lord Jesus. You're in that moment. You feel the tweakage with somebody who's different than you, brother, sister in Christ, that God's calling you to love. Here's a prayer. Quick, come, Lord Jesus. Help me. Just invoke his presence. Invoke his name. Call on his power. He's there. He's ready to help you and me do what he commands us to do. He knows you don't have it in and of yourself. All right? But the Spirit of God is in you. He wants to help you to love in those moments. Come, Lord Jesus. All right, so that brings us back to Jesus. What do you know? The unifier, the reason we're united in the first place. So we're going to do something that all believers all around the world, in different ways, but do this thing. It's called communion. We, we remember what Jesus has done for us that started this big old thing off in the first place namely his death and resurrection for us. So we're going to do that together. So if you want to join us for communion, if you've put your trust in Jesus, what he's done for you, then that's what we're remembering here. We're thanking God again for this. If you have questions about this, you're kind of like, I, I'm interested. You want, you want to know more? Talk to me afterward. Um, just kind of watch, observe. So if you have your communion supplies ready, fantastic. And we're going to do what Jesus told us to do. He gathered together on that night with his friends, his followers, uh, around the table before he went to the cross, before he was arrested. And he did this. He took bread from the, from the table that they were eating from. He took bread. He gave thanks for it. He broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and saying, Take and eat. This symbolizes, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we do this in remembrance and gratitude for you, Jesus, and what you've done for us. Thank you, Lord God. Then he took the cup. He gave thanks for it. 
offered to them, saying, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, my, my commitment to you, which is poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. Drink it, all of you. Let's stand and pray together. Hmm, Lord Jesus, that's a lot. Thank you, God, for what you've done for us. Thank you for uh, calling us to yourself. We know and we've tasted that you are good. We've received your forgiveness. We've received your new life. We've received your spirit. We thank you for what you've made us, Lord, for making us new. We thank you for joining us to yourself, first and foremost, Lord. That's where it began. We thank you that we are part of this eternal community, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, and thank you that we are part of this amazingly diverse, multi-ethnic family all over the world, stretching back in time, Still looking forward to all those who will be gathered in still before you return. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for letting us be part of this great multitude of people that you've purchased with your blood. We love you, Lord. We ask that you would help us to love one another past our differences, through the differences, Lord God. Help us, those things that make it hard to love each other, help us push through, help us to love one another the way you love us. See one another the way you see us, Lord God. Thank you for this time, Jesus, and what you're doing. Amen.